Hi, Rhonda. Thank you so much for joining us today on the BizCast. Hi, Molly. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Um, so we're here today to discuss a really big achievement for Robin and, Robinson and Cole, and that is the 175th anniversary of the firm, which you guys celebrated earlier in the year with a big virtual celebration. So I'd really like to get some of your insights from that day. Um, so I'm just going to jump right into it if you're um, good with that. Right. So I'd like to start just by asking you what your one or two biggest takeaways from that celebration were? Yeah, so, you know, there was a celebration that was meant to be in person uh, all over our offices in uh, 2020. Obviously, uh, COVID-19 had a different plan for us, um, but we were able to celebrate earlier this year, and um, we had a no number of different components to it, but the real, the, the real heart of the program uh, were a couple things. One was a, a presentation or discussion, really, among several of our past managing partners about the history of the firm. Our, 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 our tagline for our 175th was uh, a history of embracing change. And so they really brought us forward. They didn't start at 1845 when Lucius Robinson opened on State Street in Hartford, but they did really cover the last 50 years and, and how the firm has changed, how it changed under their leadership, um, but how we stayed true to our true culture and our values um, across that change. Um, and then the other big piece was a program on uh, breaking barriers um, in which we had um, several of our former partners who broke many barriers at the firm, um, as well as myself join a panel to talk about what, what it was about our culture that enabled that to happen. So um, there were a lot of great things about the event, including the number of alumni who joined us who are either clients or friends or both. Um, but those two pieces were really, I think, pretty special to enable us to look back on how we got here from there. And as Steve Goldman, our managing partner at the time, uh, talked about how do we get there from here? Um, so it was both a look, look back and a look forward and, and a really terrific event. So I'd love to start um, just with a little bit about that panel on breaking barriers. Um, so you guys did have a discussion that day about Robinson and Cole's approach to diversity, equity, inclusion. Can you touch a little bit more about those ideas and what they mean to the firm? Sure. So that the, the, the panelists um, on that panel were um, Sandy Cloud, who is our first African-American associate and partner at the firm. Uh, we had the Honorable Alvin Thompson, who um, was a, an African-American partner at the firm, became uh, one of the youngest managing partners of any firm in the country at 38 years old, uh, but also became the first African-American managing partner of any major law firm in the United States. And then the Honorable Janet Hall, um, who was our first female partner at the firm, went on to head our litigation group and become a real leader within the firm. And then me, who is just the newly elected uh, managing partner and first female managing partner in our, in our history. And so it was a great discussion um, moderated by Keisha Palmer, who's a partner in charge of our Hartford office that really talked about what it was about the culture of the firm that enabled all of those people to break those barriers, um, to be the firsts and enabled them to succeed. And um, I sort of pointed at them in terms of my own uh, ability to get where I've gotten at the firm uh, when I joined the firm, Janet Hall was one of the strong female partners at the firm. There were a few in litigation at the time. So I knew when I came to the firm, I could succeed, that there were no barriers for me because I saw them. And it's you know so important to our people to know that there's 
a path to success and being able to see um, Janet uh, and see her in that role, um, I knew that I was gonna be judged on my merits and there was a path forward. Um, and I think each of them talked about that, about the culture of the firm being one, our core values are collaboration, civility and inclusion. And inclusion is really, when we look back at our history, we saw that it was really an important part of the firm uh, for a real long time. And so I think that discussion really um, showed us where we came, how we got here from there historically in terms of our DEI initiatives, but really is what's allowed us to launch forward in that space and um, really commit a lot of our energy and enthusiasm um, as part of our current strategic plan to advancing those initiatives. So you discussed briefly um, just a little bit about how there were those strong female leaders already within the firm. Um, and I know that there was a handoff um, celebration for the leadership for you during the celebration. So first of all, congratulations on that. Can you just describe a little bit about what it's like to be in this position? And then how do you plan to move forward in leading this, this firm with over 200 lawyers? So the transition and handoff has been great. Um, Steve Gallman, our former managing partner has been a dear friend and a colleague of mine for 30 years. Um, so um, that has made it as easy as it could be. And he's been tremendously helpful to me over the last few months. I've been in leadership positions at the firm for the last 15 years. So I think that that helped as well. Um, I, I um, co-led our litigation section for 14 years and I've been on part of the firm's managing committee that really runs the day-to-day -day operations of the firm and sets the strategy for the firm for the last 12 years. So in a way I was sort of working toward this um, uh, for a number of years. Um, happily, my partners elected me in February to take over this role, um, but it's really been seamless. And one of the reasons it's been seamless is that we are in year two of a strategic plan. So the plan for the firm for the next at least 18 months has been set by the partnership. Um, and so a lot of what I'm doing is executing on that plan, uh, which includes you know, some significant growth areas as well as some of the DEI initiatives um, that I referenced. From the conversation so far, you know, we touched a little bit just on those um, core values of collaboration, civility, and inclusion. Do you want to just talk a little bit more about those values and then how they guide the principles of your lawyers and how you guys work? Absolutely, um, because they are so important to us. So collaboration is sort of the bedrock of, of what we do. Um, it's how we work across geographies, which has been um, seamless. Um, which was really helpful over the last 15 months um, to already have a culture where we worked across our offices um, to you know, deliver excellent client service. We're at a size where we really can still know each other. Um, so the ability to get to know each other and to collaborate, I think is really helpful. Um, I think in terms of communications, we are a firm that is very transparent. We want everyone to be part of our client service team. And so we share information and with everyone at the firm, not only with our lawyers, but with our professional staff about client initiatives and successes about finances. Um, we're pretty transparent and I think it enables our professional staff to really feel like they're part of that client service team um, and that they're part of the group of people who's collaborating to deliver that service. So um, I think that that's a piece of it um, because they really do help us collaborate and to deliver the best service. Um, in terms of civility, that was part of the discussion at our, at our 175th event in terms of our history. And it was interesting to hear, I know one of our former managing partners was talking about our first 
uh, move outside of Connecticut was to Boston um, when we merged with a small Boston firm. And when he realized that, that um, it was a good fit after we had merged with them, there was a significant uh, decision that the partners had to make um, to make a change at the firm. And the vote really split evenly. Um, it wasn't, we felt one way and they felt another way, but it was split evenly within the two firms. And that's when he knew they had the same culture that we had, they had the same level of civility and that was really, really important. Um, and then inclusion, I, you know, I, I think that we have always had a culture of inclusion. I think some of the breaking barriers discussion really highlighted that. Um, but I think the discussion has really evolved over the last years. Our, our diversity uh, action plan has grown to, to not speak not only about diversity and inclusion, but equity um, to make sure that there is a path forward for everyone at the firm. Um, and a lot of what we're doing at the firm is really speaking to not only the diversity and inclusion piece, but that equity piece as well. Um, so I think they've really been our core values. Um, we, we, we planted them firmly within our strategic plan to make sure that all the decisions we're making going forward are with that lens uh, and making sure that they are furthering those initiatives. So how do you guys address some of, if there ever emerges issues of um, you know, inequity in the firm, how do you guys kind of tackle those? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think we have um, very direct and very honest conversations. And I think if we've learned anything over the last uh, year and some of the, the tensions that have gone on around the country, it's that we need to be communicating more. Uh, we need to not be afraid to speak up. Uh, we need to invite more voices into the room. And one of our uh, key initiatives has been becoming Mansfield rule compliant, uh, which is kind of like the Rooney rule in football, but for law firms. Um, to make sure that we are increasing the ranks of diverse lawyers within um, leadership within the firm. Uh, it's really been, I mean, we've been de dedicated to it for the last several years. We became Mansfield Rules certified a couple of years ago. And we've been recommitted to it every year, but it really has enabled us to very consciously make sure that we have more voices at the table um, and more perspectives, um, with a, which I think is going to help us in the future to address those inequities as they arise. Um, that we, you know, we are just, you know, more, we're not just more diverse in, in our recruiting or, you know, promoting people within our ranks, but our, that our leadership within the firm um, is that diverse as well. I think you touch on a critical point, you know, it's in order to reflect kind of the community that you represent, you have to have the diversity within it because your client base can be so diverse, you know, and it ranges all over. Yeah, and communities are good. It's a, such an important word to us. I mean, we've been here to, uh, since 1845, 175 years is, is really important to us. And part of that is that we have been, you know, from the earliest Robinsons through the Coles, uh, really committed to our communities. It's really um, part of our culture. It is very important. It's part of what attracted me to the firm is I saw that young lawyers were getting involved in the community and that there was space uh, within their careers to do that. And it's something that we strongly encourage all of our lawyers and professional staff to do in all of our communities. And so, you know, that really is, you know, if you're out in the community doing the good work that we all need to be doing, um, it, it's easy to bring those concepts back into the firm um, and, and to make sure that those, that those walls are break, broken down, um, whether it's in our community service work or pro bono work, um, it really permeates a lot of what we do. Yeah, in all my research about Robinson and Cole, you know, I've learned so much about your rich history of community development. Um, you know, in fact, the American Lawyers 2020 
pro bono scorecard, you guys ranked in the top 110 of the nation's 200 highest grossing firms for pro bono work done in 2019. So can you discuss a little bit about the details surrounding the firm's pro bono work and how what you do for the community? Yeah, like I said, it's sort of a bedrock of who we are um, because we've been around for so long. Uh, we've always understood that, you know, part of our role um, as lawyers is to provide access to those in our community. So we're dedicated to it. Yeah, our statistics are terrific. You know, uh, we've got hundreds of, of people, not just lawyers, but professional staff who are um, involved in over 400 community organizations, um, either, do, you know, doing community service or pro bono work. Um, yeah, that recognition uh, in the AMLAW 200 is terrific. Um, we're really proud of that. Uh, we've had a robust uh, pro bono uh, program um, led by a series of, of really um, energized pro bono partners. Um, and we've always, always also had people who are really leaders in various community organizations. So we currently have Robinson and Cole uh, people in leadership positions in all four of the principal legal aid organizations here in Connecticut. Um, so uh, Ed Heath is the president of the board of, and of the board of directors of Greater Hartford Legal Aid. Uh, we've got people involved in Connecticut Legal Services Board of Directors, the New Haven Legal Assistance Board of Directors, and statewide legal services. So those are the four primary providers of pro bono legal assistance, and we have people in leadership positions on all four of those because it is so important to what we do. Um, we also are dedicated to something called the Pro Bono Partnership, which provides business and transactional support to nonprofits. Um, and we host the Pro Bono Partnership in our office in Hartford. So that's always been a collaboration that's been uh, near and dear to us. Um, and then over the last year during COVID-19, we partnered with the CBA to develop a virtual uh, small business clinic to help people through the COVID-19, the small businesses navigate some of the challenges of COVID-19. And also last year, we joined the, the Anti-Racism Alliance, which is a, a group of large law firms around the country committed to pro bono work, but specifically aimed at tackling uh, racism within our country. So it's something that's, uh, like I said, it's part of our culture. It's something that we um, talk about from the day that people arrive at the firm. It's not just for the lawyers, it's, it's for our professional staff as well. Um, and I, I think Lucius Robinson back from back in 1845 would be really proud of our continued commitment to the community. It's great to see that, you know, your law firm is just so committed not only to the clients that you serve, but also making sure that these values are recognized internally amongst your professional staff and your lawyers. Um, is there anything else about the 175th anniversary that you want to talk about? Um, any of the beyond the panel discussions? Um, if you want to give a sense of the day and what uh, you know happened there? Oh, sure. I mean, unfortunately for all of us, it had to be virtual, not, not the in-person uh, celebration that we hoped for, but we really did make the best of it. Yeah, in addition to, to our you know, managing partners, uh, several of them, the last six or seven of them um, speaking in our Breaking Barriers panel, um, we had acclamations from, from the governors of, of New York and Connecticut. Um, the Lieutenant Governor of Connecticut is actually an alum of Robinson and Cole, so she she uh, recorded a video for us as well as the mayor of Hartford and the, the treasurer of, of Connecticut. So, so that was a really special thing. And 
um, the, um, the legislature in New York uh, uh, announced, uh, pronounced it Robinson and Cold Day, which was uh, terrific and was followed up in Connecticut. So that was, a, that was a piece of it as well. We did have a, pro, a piece of it where we highlighted our community involvement and, and shared with everyone watching all of the many organizations that we're, we're involved in. Um, because it is so important to us and we didn't want to recognize that day without um, showing the uh, various community uh, uh, organizations that we've been involved in. Um, and that includes, we have a particular focus on some of our pro bono involvement on um, women and children who need assistance, including um, a domestic violence restraining order project, as well as veterans. Uh, we do a lot of work around uh, support for our veterans. Um, so there are pieces on that, uh, highlighting that. And then, yeah, frankly, there was a turnover from Steve to me at the end, which was uh, a little emotional for both of us, uh, honestly, um, but, but exciting as well. Um, you know, I think I said at the time, I, I, I stole a line from um, Judge Hall, who was on the Breaking Barriers panel with me. She said, you know, I'd like to think that I was, you know, a partner, not a female partner, not a woman partner. You wouldn't refer to a man as a man partner. Why do you call a woman a woman partner? But she recognized that being the first was important. Um, and, you know, I, I shared that view in my closing remarks that, you know, I'd like to think that I'll be viewed as the managing partner, not a female managing partner, but I am and I'm the first and that does come with some responsibility, uh, which I, which I happily um, accept. Um, I did quote our Vice President Kamala Harris, I stole a line from her, uh, when she said, you know, I may be the first in this office, but I won't be the last. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think that's what's important to me is to, to know that whether it's female lawyers or other diverse lawyers, that there will be a long uh, list of people who sit in this position um, who are successful and hopefully me, me breaking this barrier makes it easier for them. That's a great sentiment to share. Um, Rhonda, and just one final question, kind of just a little bit aside, if you could point to someone in your past um, or they could even be present that you kind of look up to as a leader that you'll take some of the values with as you lead um, Robinson and Cole, I'd love for you to share that. Yeah, so for me, it's been um, several um, and I can't just call one out. I mean, we have a series of, of, of prior managing partners who have been role models and mentors for me and continue to be in, in the la over the last few months. But I really, I had different mentors for different aspects. I had a particular mentor who was the former general counsel of the firm recently retired last year, who really was my mentor and taught me about practicing with integrity and the importance of integrity and honesty. Um, I had a different role model who taught me about how to be an excellent lawyer. Um, and other role models who taught me about the importance of, of client relationships and building those relationships. So I was really lucky that I didn't just have one and who just shared with me one aspect of his or her practice, but I had a number of people who really were invested in me and, and, and helped to, to make me the lawyer that I am, hopefully the leader that I am. Um, so I had a number of people, if I call any of them out, I'll shortchange somebody, but um, you know, and I do tell people, you know, as they, as they, when they join the firm and when they, you know, come up through the ranks, don't think it has to be just one person. And for women and other diverse lawyers, don't think that it has to be um, someone who looks like you. Find mentors who can help you in different aspects of your career. Um, you know, I, I think that goes back to our, you know, our core values. There are um, any number of people at the firm who want you to succeed. Um, you know, we, we hired a chief talent officer last year for the first time because we're really very, very invested in people succeeding. Uh, we've got a lot of lifers here at the firm, 
Um, Steve Goldman before me has been here 40 years. I've been here 30 years. There are a lot of people like that. And we, we hope, and I told our summer associates who arrived last week, we hope that when you come, you'll stay and this is where you'll have your career. And so, um, you know, I think there are a number of people invested in seeing you succeed and, and mentoring you and helping you along the way. Great. Well, Rhonda, thank you so much for joining us. I think you, you know, you've shared a little bit today about the perspective, um, not only for yourself, but for so many of your professional staff and your lawyers and just kind of gave us an insight about the culture at Robinson and Cole and why you guys have had the success for as long as you have had. So thank you so much. And here's to another 175 years. Thank you so much, Molly. Of course.